We're continuing on our series with uh, healing and wholeness. Has it been a good series so far? Yeah? Okay. Um, have you learned anything? Yeah? <laughs> anything? Yeah? Okay. I'll take that as a yes. Thank you very much for the encouragement. <laughs> I think we have. I'm going to read from Mark 5, verses 24 to 34. And our theme today is miracles and medicine. (laughs) So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I think one of the the more challenging issues we face when it comes to healing and wholeness is how how much reliance should we give to medicines when it comes to our faith in the supernatural God? And how do we balance the relationship between medical care and our dependency on him for our healing and our wholeness? For example, is there ever a point in which the scales, this is my attempt at being scales, tip in favour of one side or the other? We lean towards a miracle and reject medicine, or we favour the medicinal approach and don't even consider praying for a miracle. And whilst there are certain groups like Christian scientists who favour the former, and secular groups and humanistic groups who advocate the latter, The reality is most people don't even consider the question, including Christians today. You see, today, especially in the West, if you have a medical condition and medical care is offered, you take it. And that is good, and that is the right thing to do. And as a Christian, you may pray alongside um, the procedure or the treatment or the drug that you're given. But invariably, the reliance factor favours the medicine. The weight of our trust, if you like, in the balance of scales, invariably favours more of what we receive by way of medicine rather than what we may receive by way of a miracle. And I'm speaking generally, of course. And whilst I don't want to stir any nests, I do want to stir our faith. And I want to stir our faith afresh. And brush away any confusion so that we can know for certain 
What exactly is the rock on which we stand when it comes to our healing and when it comes to this healing journey? In other words, essentially, who or what do we depend on for our healing and wholeness and why? I mean, we say as a church, we say as individuals, we believe in miracles. But where do miracles fit into the medical care that we so quickly turn to when we need help? We demand that our governments improve and provide medical health care. I mean, for the moment in year 21-22, the UK government spent 45% of its overall government spending on health care. That's £216 billion on health. But where do our health care entitlements and provisions fit alongside our faith in the supernatural? What is the right relationship for us to have as Christians when it comes to miracles and medicine? And I think the starting point as we think about this, and it has to be both theologically and practically as we put these two things together, is to remove the cobwebs of fiction and falsehood that the church and the Christian faith is at odds with science and medical care. This is simply not true. Not only were many of the earliest and greatest scientists and physicians down the years practicing Christians, and they still are, but as a means of caring for the ill, the sick, the first hospital that was founded in AD 369, some of you may remember it, was founded, <laughs> that's my little joke, was founded by a Christian, great name, St. Basil of Caesarea, great name, and after that, the number of Christian hospitals grew and spread so that by the mid-1500s, there were over 37,000 Benedictine monasteries alone that cared for the sick. No other faith at the time had anything in comparison. The modern hospital system owes its existence to Christian believers. That is fact, historical fact. And why is it not surprising well, in a nutshell, it's like our founder, our saviour, Jesus. He had a healing and healthcare ministry that not only radically impacted the people of his day, but the early church and Christendom ever since. It was a ministry endorsing both medicines alongside miracles and miracles alongside medicines and championing care for the sick. In other words, far from being at odds, we see in Scripture and in the life of Jesus that strong bond and relationship between the two, miracles and medicines. And I just want to look at this very briefly. In Jeremiah 8, 22, the prophet cries out, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? Isaiah does a similar thing in chapter 1, verse 6. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and sores. They have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. In other words, both of these prophets are challenging the communities of the day, saying, where are the doctors, where are the medics to care for the people and to bind up the wounds? And in fact, when it came to healing King Hezekiah in 2 Kings 20 and Isaiah 38, and he needed a miracle. He was on death's door. Isaiah's instructions to the servants of the king was this, to take a lump of figs and apply it as a poultice, that's an anti-inflammatory paste, on the boil and he shall recover. 
And the, the king recovered and he lived another 15 years. We then have the wonderful prophetic vision and revelation in Ezekiel 47 of the trees by the bank of the river whose leaves do not wither and fruit does not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food, their leaves for medicine. Medicine that is good for the heart, mind, soul, and body. And then we find numerous verses in the Psalms and the wisdom literature. Psalm 147. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And Proverbs 17. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And the point being this. Nowhere do we find in the scriptures God commanding his people to avoid doctors or medicine or to refuse treatments like blood transfusions or vaccines or inoculations or surgery or whatever it is. In fact, we see medical knowledge praised and celebrated as a gift from God and medicines encouraged for the benefit of all people. Paul even encourages Timothy to take a little wine. That's another subject. Why is this? Because that is what it is. It's a gift from God. If God is the author of life, which he is, and he is the Lord of all creation, he is also the author of science and medical advancements and care. The Holy Spirit is the inspiration behind the brilliance we see year by year as new medicines treat the multiple sicknesses and diseases of a fallen world. The sad reality is that so often he doesn't get the credit. All these things can be misused and abused. But in short, creation is a wonderful pool of health and healing for us to dive into. And it all comes from God. Not the brokenness, but the balm. Not the hurts, but the leaves of healing. And it's not surprising then that Jesus tells a parable of a good Samaritan, the hero in the story to the annoyance of the Jewish listeners, who soothes the wounds of the man who's beaten up with olive oil and wine. And he bandages this man, and he takes him to an inn, a place of rest and recovery. You see, in his life, Jesus honoured the medical caring profession, often sending those who he had healed first to them to confirm the healing. He even had a disciple, Luke, to write about his life from a doctor's perspective. And in the story I read a moment ago about the woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and suffered many things from physicians, she spent all she had and was no better but rather grew worse. There is no word of criticism from Jesus. There's no public opportunism, as we see today, to elevate his own healing and healthcare ministry at the expense of existing practices. Jesus knew and he knows the limitations of man, but as the author of life, he's able to confound these limitations with his unlimited power, both in and through creation. And in the case of this woman, perform this gentle but beautiful healing as she was willing to step out in faith and touch him, making her well.
So how do we respond to this relationship of miracles and medicine? Who or what exactly is the rock on which we stand when it comes to those moments in our lives when we need healing? And when it comes to that healing journey where we need that restoration? Well, as in all things, Jesus is our rock. He is our refuge. And this does not change, regardless of the times and seasons of our lives and the challenges and the sicknesses we face and have to endure. He is the chief cornerstone, Mark 12 and Acts 4. He is the living cornerstone, rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor, 1 Peter 2. Which means that we can trust him completely for our healing and our wholeness. Which also means, as this woman discovered for herself, just one touch of Jesus changes everything. So that in every situation, we really should pursue that touch from the King of Kings. And embrace him with all that we have and everything that we do in terms of our health and our wholeness, in terms of our well-being and all of our lives. We believe in miracles. But we need to believe in miracles. And live our lives creating the space to see miracles happen in our midst. Jesus is our rock on which we stand in all health, healing, and wholeness. But onto this rock, our healer is also our creator, in and through whom all things are made, including medicines, including treatments. And so if we see at the heart of his creation and salvation a heart for healing and wholeness, then we can celebrate the gift of medicines and medics and be grateful to all those who work for the care and health of us all, body, mind, soul, and spirit. I mean, how many of us here at some point in our lives have taken medicines or had treatments and have been made well? I think that's pretty well all of us. You know, when we think about it, that's miraculous in itself. I mean, it's miraculous, for example, the way God has designed us in our body, that you can take a small amount of a virus, inject it into the body, and after a few days, our immune system created by God is able to make and use all the tools needed to fight that infection and provide us with protection from a greater harm from this virus. You know, the first successful vaccine was the smallpox vaccine, introduced by Edward Jenner in 1796. Now, because of lack of records and data and all of those things, it's estimated that between 300 and 500 million people died of smallpox in the 19th century alone. 300 to 500 million, probably more, but records we do not have. And yet, two centuries later, there's been only one person to date who's died from it. Little did Edward Jenner know the miracles upon miracles that would unfold from the revelation that God gave him to inject a small amount of a disease 
to save our lives from that disease. I mean, it's incredible when we think about it. It is miraculous. It's a miracle that antibiotics fight infection caused by disease. It's a miracle that you can take a little tablet, a paracetamol, and that deals with pains and aches. It's a miracle that insulin plays a big role in fixing some of the molecular problems that are associated with diabetes. And so you go on and on and on. The miracles that we see. And all of this, a miracle of our creator God, in and through creation, who has given us these things to make us well. A gift that we should celebrate, honour, and acknowledge his hand upon it. Yes, I believe, and this is me speaking personally, that there are some alternative ways and approaches of healing that do not honour Jesus or his creation that we see in the health culture of our day. And personally, I feel we should avoid them. I'm mostly speaking about a new age kind of spiritualism that has infiltrated the area of healing. My view. But I believe too that we should be more thankful for our hospitals, the staff, the nurses, the paramedics, the ambulance crews, the doctors, the physios, the carers, the counsellors, the clinicians, along with the brilliant minds, scientific minds that are working to find further cures, cures for the diseases. And we should invest more of our t- time to pray for them. You know, by the grace of God, we have this close bond between the supernatural and the natural. In the mystery of life, and there are so many mysteries about this, there is a close relationship between miracles and medicines. And we should seek after both. We should seek after binding up the wounds of those who need their wounds binded. But at the same time, reaching out and praying that blind eyes are open. We should seek the care for the brokenhearted and getting alongside and supporting and caring. But at the same time, providing that uh, ministry to deliver the captives and see them set free. We should pursue after providing rest and care for the sick. But at the same time, open up our hearts to the wonder of God's peace. That when God's peace comes, even in the midst of the storm, he brings calm and stillness. See, God has gifted us in his creation with skills and talents to bless and care for one another. His miraculous work can be seen again and again in this aspect of creation. But he's also created us in his image to step out and walk in faith and see the impossible become possible because of his love and power. We said it before, this is a house of healing. I know it is. I long to see traumas broken off us through counselling, but also through prayer. 
I long to see cancers removed through treatments, but also through miracles. And all of this giving glory to God and honor to his name. But ultimately, Jesus is our healer, our savior. And he is the rock on which we should place our feet firmly with certainty and for eternity. Let's pray. Actually, before we do, how many of us here have or do work in some way in the medical caring profession? Just raise your hands if you, yeah, counsellor. Yeah, I think there are a few others, but they're not here. Some are working in hospital at the moment. Yeah. Well, can we say on behalf of everyone a big thank you? And in a moment, we're going to pray for them. But let's stand together. And some of us I know are going through treatments. Some of those who are watching online are doing that. And receiving treatments. And some of us with families and friends who are precious to us are having those treatments. And I want to pray that God would raise our faith and stir us to know that relationship, that we, it is a both and. We can celebrate and receive the medicines and treatments, but at the same time that faith to rise up, believing God is a God who works the impossible. Let's stand together. Father God, right now we do want to give our thanks to all those who work in our hospitals and in our surgeries, nurses, doctors, ambulance crew, medics, clinicians, counsellors, carers, those that work in the pharmacies, that give advice as well as give out the medicines. Father, we want to thank you for everyone who you use for the whole health and healing of our island, our community, and that which we've received ourselves, and that which currently our loved ones are receiving. And we give thanks for them, and we pray protection upon them. We, we pray inspiration and grace. Father, we're aware of the challenges that they face, and the way and the hurdles that they have to overcome. But Lord, we thank you for them and we pray, Holy Spirit, that right now that you would release your anointing upon them. Father, we pray grace to fall upon the hosp our hospital right now and the care homes throughout this island. Holy Spirit, that your presence would descend, that there would be miracles that are happening right now those that are sick would suddenly and supernaturally, like this woman in the story, 
It's like one touch of the king has changed everything. We ask one touch of the king of kings to come and to bring healing, supernatural healing, miraculous healing right now throughout this island. Let your healing power flow in the name of Jesus. And for those of us here in this room who need a healing gift, Jesus, would you come and touch us? Fathers, we reach out to touch your cloak. Father, would you release power right now in the name of Jesus that pain and sickness and dis-ease and cancers and uh, everything else, Lord, that you know right now we rebuke in the name of Jesus and we say let your healing come and flow in the name of Jesus. That darkness of depression, may that be lifted right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we come against the dementias and all its multiple forms. We say, be lifted off in the name of Jesus. Let healing come and flow in the name of Jesus. And Father, would you stir our faith to know that we stand on the rock, which is you, Jesus, our Saviour and Lord. That our feet are firmly placed upon the rock of Christ, our refuge, our sanctuary, our healing and our Redeemer. And Father, stir us in the days to come to see the impossible become possible. And for your love and flower, your love and power to flow. In Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit, we welcome you.